Hi, my name is Akshita and I'm your host for today's episode. We have a very special and insightful guest, Monica Encarnacion, the NYC Tech Mommy. Did I get your name right? Yes, Monica Encarnacion in Spanish, Encarnation in English. Yes, you know, no one gets my name right, so (laughs) I get it. it. (laughs) So Monica, let's, let's hear a little bit about you. You know, how was the NYC Tech Mommy born? Like, let's, let's hear about it. Sure. Well, I'm a former New York City teacher um, and New York City Tech Mommy was born once I left the classroom. Uh, I was finding a way to connect with other parents um, and to find my community now that I was home with a baby. And I found that parents sometimes shy away from technology, just as teachers did in my experience. Um, I had been a former New York City teacher working with bilingual kids and saw how much technology helped them to learn in the ways that they wanted to learn. Um, And eventually I became a technology teacher at a new school where teachers did not want to take on that role of technology teacher. And I jumped in because I saw the value in kids using technology. And I believe that it's something that was part of their future and that we should empower them with technology. Um, So that's my, you know, where my technology, my love for technology and kids using technology came from. But then as a parent, I saw the value in it as my kids started getting older and asking for that technology and finding ways to kind of find that balance between like technologies and our real life. Um, And that's where New York City Tech Mommy was born as a way to share my experiences and hopefully inspire other families um, to live simple, live fun and live life with tech. Yep. I mean, like I said, the last time we talked, but I was going through your website. I was like, I just want to keep reading more as a as a parent, like, you know, you want to hear those things uh, that you write about. It's amazing. So you, you also have children, right? I do. I have two children. I have a 15 year old boy and a nine year old daughter who are very tech savvy kids and have been using technology since they were toddlers. Um, And I empower them to use that. And I uh, foster a love of technology, but um, in ways that is productive. Um, you know, I think technology is the future for our kids and just the way that we teach our kids to cross the street safely, um, you know, to not talk to strangers while walking to school. Um, I think we need to teach them those skills when they interact with technology as well to keep them safe. And I think that the best way to do that is to um, engage our kids in technology together. Yes. I mean, you're all about raising responsible digital citizens of tomorrow, right? So, I mean, balancing the screen time versus hands-on activities is something that you're an expert at. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of parents want to hear that too. Well, I think, you know, I I wouldn't say that I'm an expert at it. I'm a parent. And I think all of us parents are expert in our own children. So when it comes to my children who are super tech savvy and who want that technology, um, I love to find ways to teach them that technology can be good. Because I think uh, in this day and age, you know, there's so much technology. But some of us, especially parents, are feeling so reluctant to let our kids on there because we don't know it, because it's new or because it's scary. And it is. Um, But I feel that if we, you know, help our kids and give them those tools, then we feel better as parents and they are better able to navigate. So we do a lot in my house about talking about technology and also creating a balance by finding time to be off of the technology. Um, There are clear expectations. um, We have some rules. And all of that is always a work in progress. You know, so I wouldn't say it's all it's never going to be perfect. 
Um, but it's something that we strive to strive to do with our kids is to raise them as productive, good digital citizens in a world that is revolving around technology these days and will continue to. Like you said, you know, a lot of parents are reluctant. Um, even I am. So how what what kind of tips or you know guidance would you give parents to make them feel that you know it could go in the right direction as well? Right. So, I mean, there's so many pros and cons to technology, right? But if you start from a place where you are sharing in it, um, I think that's the best place to start. I mean, that's where I started when my kids were really young. And as they grow older, like now my 15-year-old, I don't have to check in with him as much. Yeah. But we do a lot where we like select media together. We watch it together. We talk about the videos that we're watching. My kids are not on social media, even my 15-year-old. Um, he asked for social media about a few months ago. Um, and we had a big conversation and we watched, um, some videos about it and we talked about it a lot. And in the end, um, he never came back to ask me for it. And then oh, wow. when, you know, I said, let's talk about it. Let's think about it. Um, and when I checked in, he said, you know, I, I really don't, I think now is not the good time for me. I think I'd rather stay away from social media from, for now. Um, those are decisions that he made. So I like to let them make the decisions, but empower them with the information, right? Um, the same thing with technology, like with kids, you have to talk a lot, uh, talk about um, why it's important to have healthy habits around technology and show them ways to do that. Like my husband and I try to be good role models um, to our kids in that sense. Um, you know, put our phones down when we're having dinner, let them see us doing that, know that it's expected of them as well. Um, you know, make a lot of intentional time spent together outdoors, connecting with like the real world and nature. My kids love all of that. Um, and they're very in tune with like the world around us and nature and conservation, um, even though they're so techie and live these digital, full digital lifestyles. Yeah. And also, you know, when we talked uh, the last time you said, and there is a big section on your website, which talks about homeschooling or like activities to do at home. And I know you homeschool them uh, during COVID or? We home started during COVID um, virtual schooling. So they yeah. were on the computers. It was too much, especially for my little one who was in kindergarten. My teen, he thrived in it. He did very well um, in that environment. Um, and then we decided to continue homeschooling and we did for two more years after that. Uh, now my children have gone off to school, my, my teenagers in high school, and my daughter is in a kind of hybrid program. So it's kind yeah. of homeschool, but at a school. Um, and during the pandemic, it was difficult. We were finding our way, but that's when I really realized that everything that I had been saying for years about how technology is important was there because now technology was so important for these kids to connect. And like yeah. my daughter, for example, had not been exposed to it enough in kindergarten, did not know how to use it. And therefore it caused a lot of anxiety when she had to go on a Zoom call. Uh, whereas my son who was older and had been exposed to it a lot more was comfortable in those settings. Um, so that made me realize even more how important this like connection with technology was for our kids and how some parents are so reluctant and scared because it is scary, but that there are ways to find that connection. You know, during homeschooling, we did a lot. We did virtual schooling. Then we decided it was too much. You know, we toned it down more of an approach where we were more outdoors and, you know, doing a lot more field trips and things, you know, at museums and aquariums and spending time outside with friends. Um, but we still had digital components and the kids still use a lot of digital tools. So, you know, it's hard to find that balance, but it's something that can be done 
I feel like when we include our kids also, yeah. you know, what, what do they want? What do they like about this? What do they not like about this? And then you tweak it as you go. Um, I think mainly as a parent, you know your children, you know, so you just have to find those ways as, as you do with everything else in the world. You know, you figure out how to navigate your child walking home from school alone and teaching them the tools to be able to do that safely. So we want to teach them, you know, the tools to for them to go on social media safely, let's say, or surf the web safely. Um, but that all comes with like conversation, a lot of conversation and a lot of trial and error um, and a lot of uh, being also a role model for your children and doing it together and letting them see you also as a human. You make mistakes. My daughter will tell me all the time, mom, you're paying attention to your phone and not to me. You know, and I'll say, you're absolutely right. I should be putting down my phone now and we can talk better and you can have my full attention. And I'll say that out loud so that she understands that, um, you know, these are good habits to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of us who don't want our kids to be on the, on the screen or the TV or the iPads when we are we're doing the same thing. So it's important to set that. Yeah. And finding, and finding like, I, I've had this conversation with many parents, you know, my kids kind of have free range of technology. They can grab their iPad and use it as much as they want all the time. But then we have rules around it. You know, yeah. um, if you're watching YouTube, it has to be educational. Um, yeah. You know, at dinner time, the Internet is turned off. Um, when it's time to be- for bed, the Internet is also turned off. In the morning, the Internet is not on when you wake up because you have to get ready for school first before you go on the Internet. Um, you know, so there are rules and things. And I mean, recently I deleted the YouTube app from our television because I found my daughter was watching too much of it. Um, and I didn't think that it was healthy. We had a conversation about it and she had to find other programming to watch on TV, um, which she did. And then she discovered that it's more fun to watch, you know, Nickelodeon, let's say, and watch cartoons than to watch uh, YouTube shorts. Um, so I think you have to include kids in the conversation too, and then guide them and you do set boundaries. And it's not a free for all, but you do want them to also have ownership of it and feel that they can use it. You know, we at Juni love STEM. We're all about STEM, all about making kids ready, uh, getting kids ready for the future. So what's, how about you? Like, do you incorporate any STEM activities? Have you, I mean, they're old now, but like in, in their like learning years, growing years, did you incorporate a lot of STEM? I know you have a section on your website as well. Like, like I said, I love your websites. I know everything now, but, uh, what, yeah. Did you incorporate STEM? Yes, definitely. I mean, as an educator, I saw the value in it with my students. So therefore I brought it into my home with my kids. And it was as simple for us when they were little as attending Maker Faire that exposed the kids to a lot of like STEM and making and hands-on stuff. Um, And the kids loved it. And then we took it from there. I mean, my son, when he was five, was already wanting to do coding and looking at that. So we found a coder dojo uh, and, you know, he went and got to uh, build relationships with other people who were maybe older mentors who were doing that. Um, You know, we would do summer camps and things like that. Uh, my son joined a STEM club at his school because he, you know, he felt that that's what he wanted to do. He loved that kind of stuff. Um, and now in high school, he also seeked out robotics team at his school and he's um, doing robotics um, mm-hmm. school. And I mean, you know, anytime that I see something for STEM, I jump on it with my kids. My kids love that too. Uh, but it can be as simple as just things at home too, without finding a program. I mean, we've done projects, you know, hands-on things at home. I'm not a math person or a science person. 
Uh, but I love that my kids are, and I think it comes from just having them exposed to that at a young age. Um, so, and I think all kids today, you know, gravitate towards that. My daughter, for example, is more on the art side, you know, in the steam, uh, kind of landscape and she's super creative. Um, whereas my son is more like mathematically inclined and his mind thinks that way, you know, therefore he's more like robotics and coding, um, but I feel like in STEAM, more than STEM, there's like a space for all kids in there. Um, yeah. As a mom, how do you think, it, you know, you like you said, you've done it early on uh, in their learning years. How do you think STEM, not just for your children, but like generally, how does it work? Like how, how do you think it benefits them? Well, I mean, I think that if we start thinking about the future, right? And I even think sometimes back to when I was a student in high school, coming out of high school. You know, yeah. um, I remember uh, being part of classes that taught me how to type and, you know, how to use computers because they were new. And, you know, so yeah. now because we thought back then that that's what was going to you know push us to the careers that we needed when I was graduating high school. Now we think of our kids today, like what are the careers of tomorrow? What will that require them to know? Um, you know, and a lot of it is STEM and STEAM and having those skills, problem solving and working together and in fields of math and science, there's so much um, and so many careers that are growing in those fields that I feel like it's so important for our kids to have those skills or at least to be exposed to them so that they can figure out if that's what they want. And if that's what they want, like my son is very determined that that's his career is in a STEM field. Therefore we have to empower them and help them find their way through that. Um, you know, But they'll never know if that's what they want if they haven't been exposed to. Yeah. yeah, I know you mentioned that your son was a part of a STEM club. Uh, yeah, in the past, a STEM club in elementary school, and now he does robotics. He's actually uh-huh. a manager of his robotics team in his high school, and oh, they wow. compete. Uh, it's a com- the first uh, robotics competition. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I had to ask you for, let's say, an example of something you did with your kids at home, like just, just STEM, basic STEM projects, or something you did together, or they did a lot that that you know is helping them now. Would what well, would it? I think um, last year when they were both homeschooling, one of our big things was just science projects, and that's so mm-hmm. simple. Like yeah. using ingredients sometimes in our own kitchen. You know, yeah. they would do different science experiments to um, see chemical reactions and things like that that they found fascinating. Um, that just pulled them into learning, and that yes. I mean that's part of STEM too. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, even I remember one day with my daughter, we just decided to grab some paper cups, like, you know, those big solo colorful paper cups and start building huge towers. And that turned into a big project. My husband came in and was like, how can we build it taller? What can we add to it to make it more sturdy? And, you know, that's something so simple. Family project. Yeah. Yeah. I went out and bought more cups because now she was so into it. And like for weeks, she just continued building and you know, that's all a problem solving and engineering is in there. Um, and that's just something so simple and it's not screen based at all. Um, yeah. So I feel that, you know, when parents, sometimes we don't want our kids on our screen so much. And although my kids, like I said, they have free range and they use their technology a lot. Um, and I would say 80 to 90% of the time it's for a purpose, like education. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have so much other, there's so many other things that they could do that it's not screen based, not technology based but yeah. it's still STEM and STEAM based. Yeah. And uh, now you know, you're a tech mother, tech mommy, and you've been a tech teacher, uh, educator. 
how do you think or what do you think uh rather how do you think stem is evolving now in education like how where do you see it going well i mean i see that it has grown a lot i mean i was in the classroom teaching technology almost 10 years ago mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of resources like there are now and there was very little being done in the classroom um in the everyday classroom you know yes. i was uh, a technology teacher specific so kids were only really doing that when they came to me um mm-hmm. now i see it more incorporating everyday classrooms you know kids are using google classroom kids are using uh the hour of code and code.org and things like that in the classroom and lego robotics and things like that are being seen more in schools now um i feel like that they were let's say 10 years ago and i imagine that it will be even more 10 years from now um so i i like where i see it heading uh but it probably still needs work like there still needs to be more and i think that covid brought that to the forefront or for me at least and probably for many educators in schools you know who were not on that yet who were not doing the technology thing yet um started to see where they were lacking and they needed to incorporate more technology to make our kids better prepared for yeah. the world of tomorrow yeah and also ai is born you know and ai is everywhere like do oh, yeah. your kids uh, do they uh, is ai part of their daily lives now um it isn't yet i see where it could be i've been using um ai and i have been sharing with them like look how cool this is you know um what you can do i do have a lot of educator friends who tell me that ai is really transforming the way that they plan their lessons and create their lessons and um their resources for the classroom so i think that that's wonderful any tools that can help us um you know i think that it's the way that you use it and your expectations of the tool as well um i mean there is so much i mean even apps like we have a my daughter has a favorite app that is ai powered that tells her bedtime stories um based wow. off um and it's on my website you can see um i chatted with the founder of this app there and you can you know learn more about it there but i think that something like that is marvelous and it's she doesn't even know or realize that it's ai i know it is but mm-hmm. have that tool that tells her this bedtime story that's kind of um programmed to be personal to her and her selections um so it'll you know it's it includes the characters she chooses and kind of the storyline that she chooses and it gives us this fabulous oh, wow. uh, this fabulous bedtime story that if i were telling her it, you know i'd have to like oh well, what do i yeah, say i <laughs> come up with this great story that <laughs> yeah. it's never going enough for her so this is you know so ai is popping into my kids life slowly but surely um and i think it is for all of us and i feel like we should find ways to embrace it in productive ways yes yes that's uh I mean it's amazing coming from you and you know a lot of parents need to hear that as well like the AI is going to be the future like a research I was reading something uh, from Pew Research Center it said like AI is not going anywhere for the next 50 years or more mm-hmm. you know so it's just best we embrace it now and like make good use of it yeah and I our mean, kids are using technology more and more every day you yeah. know they're they're on their screens more and more every day and they are going to encounter AI yeah <laughs> so it's it's yeah. it's helpful when we help them navigate that uh, be it yes. in the classroom or at home yes you know again when we spoke uh, for the first time we um you mentioned that stem or like any us team is not as present or prevalent where you are now i know you're originally from new york so do you see a difference and do you why why is it that it hasn't uh it hasn't re- made its reach there yet well for um 
for anyone who's listening and maybe doesn't know who I am or knows about my blog or those that maybe know me um, and are wondering why I'm not talking about New York City. Um, we did live in New York City and recently moved to Florida. So it's an entirely different world here. We're used to, my kids were exposed to so much because we lived in such a big city and there were so many options. Um, here we live in a you know more suburban setting and it's still a very developing community. It's still growing and has grown a lot since COVID um, and the pandemic and people moving you know to different places. So um, I feel that there isn't enough, there aren't enough like STEM centers or um, recreation centers or after school programs for kids uh, around STEM in these areas. And I find that to be very true with homeschoolers as well. There's a very big homeschooling community here that has been very welcoming to us. But I find that as homeschoolers, many families are also looking to have more of a, a low tech lifestyle. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. I feel like my family has more of a high tech lifestyle. Um, and then for those reasons, they're not seeking out as many of those techie programs or those STEM based programs. Um, and I'm, you know, it might be because they're not realizing the full value of it yet or because they're maybe scared and resistant to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also may be just logistics of where we're located. Um, but I do see that there is a need for it and people mm-hmm. are asking about it. So I see that it is something that probably will be more in the future. Yeah. Yeah, we hope so. Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna end the podcast with a quick rapid fire. It's just four basic questions. I just like your take on it, sure. and it's gonna be rapid. Like so. Sure. Okay, just whatever comes to your mind. Okay, got it. All right, your take on screen time. Let's have screen time that's productive. Okay, thoughts on remote learning. Remote learning uh, can be great for some learners, not for all. Oh, okay. Uh, why do you think STEM is necessary? Because it's the future that will help build uh, our kids' skills for the careers of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Name one tool you cannot live without or your kids cannot live without. Tech tool. <laughs> that is so hard. <laughs> I guess I would say our phones. I, I guess my, I mean, my kids, um, my daughter doesn't have a phone that's connected, like she won't make phone calls, but she does have a phone where she uses apps. Um, I don't know how I lived without my phone before keeping kind of like my life organized, you know, Uh, in terms of, you know, being able to check email on phone and things like that. So I don't know, I guess I would say my, you know, your smartphone. Yeah. For most people, the smartphone. I'd agree. (laughs) I don't know what we did before it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so Monica, it was amazing, amazing chatting with you again. And uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch. And thank you for giving your tips, guidance, insightful experiences. uh, And I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to Junie for uh, making STEM and uh, learning something so uh, important for kids. Yes. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Have a great one. Bye-bye.